we can talk about our good friends at Marriott Bonvoy <laughs> and the Yukon football Huskies who I will be seeing on the road. We, we spoke this into existence somehow. Oh my I'm God. I'm going to go see UConn play against Army. Amazing. This is not a football podcast 10. I'm Jesse. I sound terrible. You just heard Britt. Keelan and Grace are uh, both here and both stunned into silence by this development of <laughs> live and in-person <laughs> uh, University of Connecticut football. Absolutely stunned. When is the last time you're eligible? You might be watching that happen. Oh my God. When is the what? The last time they were eligible for a bowl. Looks like 2015, they lost to the Marshall Thundering Herd. Wait, Mm. it might be going back this year. Well, UConn can become bowl eligible. Yes. This week. And this is the most important thing in, in our lives. Yeah, obviously. College football playoff rankings, blah, 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 blah. Um, UConn is America's team this week, of course. Um, before they are, I, I guess they're not America's team when they play Army, but they are playing Liberty. Uh, yeah, in which case. <laughs> so, America's team uh, this week, which uh, Arkansas failed us particularly badly in our vibes mm-hmm. pick. Uh, you know, just, in fairness, we probably should have known better. Uh, I don't know. I have no regrets uh, going against Liberty on a vibe basis at any time. Yeah, that's that's true. That's true. Just counting on Arkansas to do anything useful is just a dicey proposition. So, yeah. So, if, uh, <clears throat> if UConn does pull it off against Liberty this week and get themselves bowl eligible... <clears throat> Uh, when they go to West Point, they will be going to West Point trying for a seven and five season. And I, I also don't know the last time UConn won seven games in a season. That's uh, God bless. That's also been a while. And just in time for basketball season to start, even yeah. They beat UMass. They looked good doing it. Like they looked. This is where I've gotten now, uh, watching UConn football, (laughs) watching Auburn, Mississippi State play into overtime, watching Cadillac Williams, certainly a man uh, who has never skipped leg day, uh, seeing the way that he's just in a constant crouch over there on the sideline. It's delightful. I love him. I I just like (laughs) immediately, I hope that they're successful. I hope that they more than cover the two-point spread. This this is also a gambling podcast now. Apparently, I was looking at the spreads before <laughs> and stunned to see that Auburn was favored. But, of course, they are playing against uh, Jimbo and Texas A&M. Um, that, that's fun. Battle of three and six teams. It's about as far from the playoff as we I can get. I cannot believe that. That, oh. that whole situation is just – it's it's – it's high comedy as a You're as comedy. an uninterested observer. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Like they're um they're not even gonna hit five hundred this year. That's no. Like not even a chance. No, if you look at the schedule, it's no. not gonna happen. Mm. Auburn has a better chance. Yeah. Yeah. Auburn's just gotta play Texas A and M. Then yeah, Western Kentucky. Fine. Yeah. Decent Western Kentucky team, but it's a home game for Auburn. So, oh, right. Um, and then the Iron Bowl, which, you know, anything can happen. Mm. And and it could be an Alabama team that is, uh, you know, in open revolt against, uh, against the old man. Mm. <laughs> if you're not playing for a championship, like Nick Saban works you, like, because that's the thing too. Like we see it every time that Alabama isn't in the playoff, that like they go to whatever bowl game, and you know part of it is that they'll have you know half their roster is already declared for the NFL, right. but right. like they will go and just not give a rat's ass and get yeah. smoked by Tulsa or whatever. <laughs> right. I'm like, well, this feels it's so early in the season for them to have two losses. I'm like, will they give a rat's ass? You know, next last three games of the season. Are they going to give? Are they going to give enough of a rat's ass against an old Miss team this week that's going right. to have something to play for? Yeah, yeah. I think that loss this weekend was definitely like 
Oh, yeah. The tables have really turned. Yeah. Yeah. And then I mean, Georgia dominating Tennessee. I mean, there's, there's the tables turning. And then there's what this week sets up for, which is, I know the world and, you know, everybody rightfully, because it's Ole Miss, expects Alabama to win that game. You know, you always expect Alabama to win their Alabama. Um, our, our guy, Lane Kiffin, our guy, Juice's dad, <laughs> has the chance to put the final nail in the coffin of an Alabama season. Um, so to re- return to a recurring theme, that may be enough to make my mother root for Lane Kiffin. That, that may be the turning point. Wait, that he's Juice's dead? Because <laughs> that well, garners my support a little more than yeah, I mean, it, it, my, we are dog people in my family, so like that that certainly helps. Yeah, no, but I I really do think that Nick Saban may be the only person that my mother just fundamentally like distrusts as a human more than Lane Kiffin. Oh my gosh, hmm. I don't find Nick Saban to be untrustworthy though. He's just, I think he's quite honest about what he is. Yeah, that's fair. Which is a yeah. football cyborg of some... Yeah, <laughs> it may, maybe just finds distasteful is a more accurate description than distrust. Like, because you can trust his motives insofar as they are exactly what he tells you they are. They're just mm-hmm. gross. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I feel like Juice would be more trustworthy than Lane <laughs> because he was a dog and dogs are wonderful. And right. I'm not sure how much of it would Lane would necessarily be malice, but like, I wouldn't be like, Hey Lane, uh, where we park? He, he doesn't know. Right. I, well, cause the thing with Lane Kiffin is I think that he is probably not trustworthy in the way that basically every college football coach is not trustworthy because they're all low grade sociopaths an absolute narcissist. Like you cannot have that job and be successful for even a little bit of time and not have those two things be true. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's always the interesting, you know, imagine the college football coach doing the everyday task where they would be at it. Right. I will say that, I mean, I think, Jesse, I know you saw this on Twitter. I think like if Alabama loses another game, it'll be the first time since 2010 that that's happened, which feels insane. And it yeah, it, it will nuts. be yes. yeah, it will be nice to. I mean, just I mean, with anything, it's nice to have a, a shift <laughs> away from a dynasty, unless it's your team. But I will say, right. I used to hate Nick Saban with a passion. Um, <laughs> but I think, and this is definitely like my personal beliefs, but. Through, I think, like, through, like, all of the stuff with George Floyd and also the pandemic, he was, like, the only voice of reason in Alabama that was somebody that was, like, outside of, you know, like, uh, healthcare or, I mean, somebody who is influential and still said the right things. So ever since that, I feel like I softened on him a lot. I mean... That's I still true. want their, you know, I would like, I would like Alabama not to just, yeah. I mean, it's like the Tom Brady of college football, just as like, yeah, even right. though they did all this, it still gets old, <laughs> but I, he doesn't bother me quite like he used to because I made a lot of assumptions about him. So interestingly, my my sort of internal debate with that is how much of it is or was him having like an actual sort of like sense of the morality of it. And how much of it is him being incredibly smart and knowing what's actually in his best interest? You don't yeah. you don't want a bunch of your players to miss games because of COVID, right? Yeah, you want totally. you want to have reasonable protocols and you want them to get vaccinated and all this other stuff, like because the alternative is they miss games and they miss games and you lose games and that's how this works. Yeah. And also, like the reality is that football is a sport heavily built on the labor and talents of young black men. So from a yeah. I mean, from a very from a very sort of 
cold calculating like no no totally i mean i think that could be said for it would be in his best interest <laughs> to do that yeah. but and, at the and same time i don't know exclusive yeah. either like both of those things can be true to an extent yeah um, i feel like too he i mean a lot of coaches especially i think i mean he's he like marched with them mm-hmm. for like black lives matter which i feel like a lot of people tap danced around that subject and it's still totally like yeah. he could totally be calculating of it but i was like i was like this is not what i expected and i think he also was pretty strong i mean he did tap dance around this for a while but he eventually was one of the first i think he was one of the first coaches that was like players should be able to have deals yeah. like the ncaa should right and he was a little weak on it like he wasn't totally like yeah <laughs> like right. player workers um but yeah i mean he's it's always surprising to me because I expect him to be, I mean, he's what, like 71 and been doing this forever. So I always expect him to be not like that. So regardless, I'm like, I am glad you are like this, even though well, you can stop being, you can stop winning now. <laughs> well, I mean, I in your, in, to your point, I do think that even if it was like sort of a mercenary series of decisions, He's still one of the only few people who is smart enough, one, to see that it's a good choice from his perspective, but also, like, willing to set aside, like, the the sort of animosity that might drive him to, uh, I don't know, act like someone maybe who coaches at Clemson and just keeps saying (laughs) shit that is not actually in his best interest. Like, he's at least got the sense to like know where his bread is buttered and not be so committed to this backwards ass ideology that he'll shoot himself in the foot in the process. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, Alabama's, even if it, even though it is a large institution, I mean, when I was there in grad school, this was in like 2013, 2014, there were still people, I think people are still, there's like people writing in word in like public places and like that's right. still, thing in discussion i know that's a thing too at other college campuses but it's just like that part is still even pervasive in like spaces it should be safe like colleges i take it as way off topic but yeah (laughs) i mean that's my that's my saban saban thoughts no and and that's good and i think that you know it's it's worth saying we we think so much about like oh you know it doesn't matter what your motivation was if you were doing something harmful um that needs to be recognized what the harm is i think it's the it it works this way too it doesn't matter what nick saban's motivation is when he does the good things if it's to be seen whatever it is he's doing the good thing and and putting the positive out there in a way that um you would not co- catch the head coach of clemson the future head coach of Auburn or Ohio State or wherever he eventually winds up to get <laughs> a fat check to be a sentient sweater vest. He wouldn't be doing that in a million years. No. Saving no, no. sweater vest. You know? And I think ultimately it's it's the same it's sort of the same logic in either direction that like, particularly in situations like this where you don't know someone like this is not someone that you have any personal interaction with, the only thing you really can like judge or have a, a draw an opinion on is what someone does. And nobody other than the people closest to them and, and potentially not even them really ultimately know what someone's like deepest, truest motivation for things is. So when the rubber hits the road, what do you do, good or bad? So yeah, I mean, I think it's fair in either direction to say, look, either you did the right thing or you didn't, and I kind of don't care why. Yeah. The Nick Saban Appreciation Hour is brought to you by... God, you've got me saying positive party. things about Lane Kiffin. Now, now we're saying nice things about Nick Saban. I swear to God, you're gonna get me disowned, you guys. <laughs> like, all right. all right. So we we can stop doing that, and we can we can talk about um, 
a place that Nick Saban won't be this year, which is the college football playoffs. <laughs> yeah. 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 Screw him. Yeah, that guy, he sucks. And uh, Dabo, too. He's out. Ah, oh, man. Maybe. I really am going to end up I'm having not- to buy a Notre Dame hoodie. Yeah. I... <laughs> I don't want to count Tabo out yet. I feel like I I, I left um, I left Alabama on this too because they're technically still alive in the. I think Clemson's um, done. I don't know because we have the top four here. We have Georgia. We got Michigan and Ohio State. One of them is going to go away. Not necessarily. I don't know. But one of them is going to lose. Yeah. There's still a back door for the loser. And the loser gets the benefit of not having to play against whatever hell spawn comes out of the Big Ten West. Right. Uh, where it is still possible for every team to wind up at four and five in conference. Um, Ladies right, but, and gentlemen, the AFC or the NFC South of the <laughs> college football. It's really sad. Yeah. Um, all right. So, but so you've got the SEC champ. And the Big Ten champ, basically. Those are two spots that we know are happening. Um, I guess the Alabama way to get that is SEC champ. They somehow back their way in. They're not going any other way. Yeah. Um, where, where are we, though? But then TCU. They're number four. They're underdogs this week. Like, yeah. Do we really think that they're getting through the next three weeks undefeated and then playing whoever finishes second in the Big 12. And, you know, <laughs> stupid conference. Um, so that that's two open spots. Right. There's, you know, so then you've got Oregon and Tennessee are there. Tennessee, if they're they at could, five now, they might just be in. They have, a, if they went out, yeah. they got a pass. Yeah, I think Tennessee's got a very, very reasonable pass. I think the biggest question with Oregon is if you end up with a bunch of teams with one, two losses, how bad does their strength of schedule hurt them? Like, yeah, losing to Georgia, like, well, sure, you and everybody else. Like, that's right. <laughs> that's not much of a knock. But, my God, the Pac-12 is freaking terrible. But if that's, that's their – dumpster fire. If that's their one loss – their last three games of the regular season are Washington, Utah, Oregon State, which are all decent True. teams that have been in and around the rankings. And then they'll have either USC or UCLA or maybe Utah. No, they wouldn't have Utah again because they would beat Utah. They would have either USC or UCLA in the conference title game. Right. That would be four straight yeah. pretty good wins, and I think you would have to put them in. But it's also asking Oregon to win four straight games against pretty good teams. So, which I feel like is possible, but I just feel like they're. I feel like one, the odds are, are reasonably good that they drop one of those, and even if they don't, oh, don't if they make it in, I feel like there's no way they don't get just pancaked in the process. Like I just oh, yeah. cannot see any of those matchups being favorable for them in the slightest. No, they will absolutely get their ass kicked by whoever they face. That will be bigger and stronger and faster than they are. <laughs> right. Um, exactly what you saw when they played Georgia the first time. Yeah, like, right. Those fundamentals <laughs> right. haven't changed. Right. No matter how much more comfortable Bo Nix is in the system, 22 touchdowns, three interceptions since that game. He's run for 13 more touchdowns. He's a Heisman candidate, whatever. All mind-blowing shit. Right. Doesn't change. <laughs> Doesn't change. Uh, Oregon goes up against an SEC defensive line, and their dudes all get pushed straight over. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Like, uh, if he gets murdered on every uh, possession, it kind of doesn't matter how great he is. <laughs> His mm-hmm. offensive line can't keep him upright for more than about four seconds. Yeah. So you've got the Big Ten, the SEC. Do we don't real? You've got Tennessee as well. And then, what is it? Is it the backdoor Big Ten team? Is it the Pac-12 champ if it's not Oregon? Like, mm. 
I don't know. SC now has that ranked Notre Dame on their schedule. Yep. That'll be interesting. UCLA would have a win over SC and win over Cat and win over Oregon. UCLA can make a case for sure. Yeah. Yeah. See, this is kind of the fun part, though, actually, because like or, I, don't really, I don't really care which of these teams gets in. It's just going to be freaking chaos, potentially, which is, is the best part. That's all I really want out of it. That's 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 where I'm at here. Like, I'm looking at this thing on on the you know on our dock, this little <laughs> tree image. Um, yeah, Georgia's up there, and then Michigan and Ohio State, I think, are so far ahead of the rest of the pack. But Grace, I I think you're right. I think that. Like they line up, like the loser of Michigan, Ohio State lines up ahead of Clemson, probably. Yes. Mm-hmm. As long as it's not like a blowout, like it's got to stay decently close. That's like, got to stay close. And Clemson would have to just paste UNC. Yeah. And I will but, say that one thing Harbaugh has been good at is uh, losing to Ohio State by like, respectable quantities he can't he can't beat them to save his life but he can lose to them in ways that aren't entirely embarrassing did last year i don't know is ohio state actually good i have no idea like i genuinely cannot tell yeah i don't like don't know (laughs) there's one team we know is actually good yeah that's it which makes a lot of the rest of this feel like arithmetic and kind of boring. And I guess uh, Georgia's the new Alabama, but Alabama's a more fun Georgia. So I think it does work out. I feel like Georgia's not going to be as dominant as Alabama has been either. Like they seem a lot more like they could crumble a little. I think once they this, beat Tennessee, I question them less, but I don't feel like I feel like somebody I don't know. I have just like maybe it's because teams that I root for, I'm usually like, they're gonna screw this up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, understandably, like uh if you're looking at the at the state of Georgia, the Falcons have not made anybody uh feel confident in their <laughs> regional football teams doing something competent, so. Yeah. I do wonder what it'll be like after Stetson Bennett leaves. Yeah. I mean, that's always the question. A good quarterback. What? They might actually get a good quarterback. Yeah, so that is, that is like something that's a bit (laughs) of a, yeah. yeah. You know, I, I, I shouldn't say that. He is a good quarterback. He's developed into a really good. Yeah. Like he works with whatever, or they're working around him, or he's working around them. Something's going on there, but it's it's working. Yeah. Oh, our scrambled really well. Do we want to curse him by calling him a good game manager? Like, are we (laughs) are are we there? I don't know. I'm on the fence. (laughs) I mean, I think that that's short. I I think that's actually short shrift to him at this point. I think that might have been true last year, but. Their defense isn't their defense. Good lord, I I shouldn't say that their defense isn't, but their defense isn't as strong as it was last year. Which is just sort of a testament to how completely insane it was. Yes, last year because like I think yeah, they're the way they absolutely have just brutalized teams this year. Even having having taken a step back from last year is a little a little uh, shocking. Yeah, they're a more they're a more complete team. They had a weakness on offense last year with him. Yeah, that like you know, I I think that game manager there is a weakness. He's like a representative quarterback. Like, is he going to win you every game? No, but like, can he occasionally go out there and win you a game? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think to a certain extent, like, he kind of probably suffers a little bit from the Bryce Young comparisons. Sure. Yeah. Like, like when, when that is sort of your most direct rival, I'm like, the team that a lot of people were, are sort of looking at you to compare against. Like, yeah, of course you're going to seem like 
the far less appealing option. And it's not like Kirby's been running innovative offenses all these years no. in Athens. Um, like it ain't exactly been, um, you know, Jerry Glanville's Falcons. <laughs> I'm aging myself. Wow. Uh, are, are you saying that this is not like a Bill Walsh West Coast offense scenario? Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> no, not exactly. Um, but like, you know, Brock Bowers is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, yeah. Does he have but, one more? Year? He's got one more year left, doesn't he, before eligibility? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think he's a sophomore. How does that work with the? Does he have a choice? You gotta do three years. Is he? True. I think sophomore? he's. I think he's. Wow, if he really sticks around, he could be on uh, one of those Adrian Martinez plans. But I don't think yeah. he's gonna stick around. Yeah, he's a true sophomore. Wow. 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 Dang. The interesting thing with Georgia, to me, having watched Georgia obviously for you know the entirety of our friend Kirby's tenure. Is I periodically I just sort of look at them and I'm like, what changed? Yeah. Like it's hard to pinpoint. Yeah, like this is sort of a an overhaul of a program in a way that you typically don't see unless it's like you get a new coach, you get a new AD, you get a new coordinator, like some huge sort of like shift in the program. I can't really remember the last time that it was just like, no, we're just gonna be good now. Where it's like, they just, yeah, they just woke up one day and were like, what if we beat Alabama? For Georgia? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I definitely, they had Mark Richt for like, way too long. <laughs> yeah, and he that was, is true. He was okay, okay. But then, I mean, Kirby Smart has, one, he played for Georgia, two, Right. I mean, he was under Nick Saban. Like, look at all of these Sabanites. Like, they go on. If Lane Kiffin can do well with Old Miss and was only with yeah. Nick Saban for a little bit, like, I feel like that's a testament to him. But I really think, I mean, Kirby Smart's just not only, I think he was already like a good coach or coordinator before that. And then I think learning from Nick Saban, right. it's like, oh, he knows all of his secrets now, kind of. So right. I feel like that combined with, I mean, he's a Georgia guy and he has a natural talent to it. I feel like, and he, I mean, he had, did have to do a little like building of his building out of his own program because coming off that long from Mark, from Mark Rick is like crazy. Right. That's, that's what I was just thinking. Like, I, yeah. that's, that's probably the thing that stands out to me the most now that I think about it is like, this is just like the longest rebuild after a mediocre coach. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like, you normally sort of expect if you're going to have yeah. a big turnaround from, like, a mediocre situation, that, yeah, there's going to be a period where you have to, like, rebuild your recruiting and, and there's a transition period. But you normally sort of expect that to hit within, I don't know, two recruiting cycles, maybe three. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. So I think we kind of... I think I at least got kind of faked out a little bit of like, oh no, this is what they are. And then like it all came together just like slightly later in the timeline yeah. that I would have expected. And now like, damn, look at, look at him go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's still surprising to me too. <laughs> Especially like in- the national championship last year, watching it. And again, like going back to Stetson Bennett, I was like, oh right. my gosh, he is not ready. And then, yeah, I mean, right. there were a series of events that happened for Alabama that were, like, sealed the deal. But, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> I, Still I wonder if there's a level of it with Georgia where, you know, kind of the opposite of Notre Dame, where they don't have um, the champion, like, the 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 historic pedigree the same way like yeah it's a big name it's a state school but like you know cbs had it on the broadcast before that like this was the biggest game ever at sanford stadium and it was like yeah i don't you know think of the times that you've like sat in front of the tv watching cbs over the years i know that's going to change when they get the big 10 but like how many saturdays have you spent watching a game on cbs with the you know with Vern lundquist calling it from athens like 
Right. You'll see Georgia when they're at the cocktail party, but they don't right. they don't pop up that much because they're not usually in the big games because they've usually um you know taken a stupid loss somewhere. And, right. Yeah, they, and they're it, gonna be more interesting. Tennessee, Florida is gonna be more interesting. Right. And in and in sort of somewhat moderately recent history, I think they've probably been one of the the most not penalized, but like they have felt the weight of being in the SEC the hardest of a lot mm-hmm. of teams. Like, like if you're just a bad team, it doesn't matter whether you're in a good conference, you're just a bad team. You'd be a bad team in another conference. But when you are that, and I say this is a Florida fan who's kind of in the same boat, that if you are in that sort of B tier of the SEC, that's a rough place to hang because yeah. You, you're a quality of team where you feel like you should be better and you just, the the bar to get over to play with the big boys in that conference is just so high. Yeah. And it's kind of brutal to be sort of just on the other side of it and kind of always like be on the outside looking in a little bit. I swear to God, if I have to watch Kyle Pitts one more time and dream of that SEC championship game that they should have won, I'm going <laughs> to lose my mind. Like, and, and that has sort of been Georgia's existence for a while of being like almost, but just not quite and not quite enough to never get to those really big games. Cause they were just always a little bit on the outside looking at yeah. Florida Florida's always been able to hang on to the you know the Spurrier titles and the Tebow titles and right. yeah. I'm not gonna refer to them by the other guy. I um, mean Georgia did have its time. I mean, in a way, Georgia reminds me of like SEC version of Nebraska where they were good for like <laughs> a few years. They I mean, yeah. when they had Vince Dooley, they were like yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty good. Um and then after that it was just like <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like been so long ago that they're like, yeah, riding off of those old times. Before. And I think it is very similar in that regard because it's that other one of like, you always point at like, oh, that one time. And so it just continually proves to you that like, no, but it's possible. Like we can do it. So you just always have those expectations. But yeah. like, you just kind of can't get there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, Not Alabama was the for same. South with Carolina. Bear. Yeah. <laughs> right. Alabama was the same with Bear Bryant. And now they. Now it's right. going to be Nick Saban. So yeah. that's just right. weird, weird shifting time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there will be a time when Alabama's bad again. It will come. And it will be fun. It's going to be weird. Yeah, it's going to feel real weird. It's, it's going to be some real good fine bound content. Oh, my God. Oh. Actually, let, let, it, let them loose lane this week in this hit record on the sec network for the rest of the week you know i just shout out rip tammy everyone's favorite auburn fan because no one would enjoy the downfall of alabama more than our friend tammy Mm -hmm. it's beautiful they they got a chance to really uh sink down here so these are all losable games we we said last (laughs) week that bama was as gettable as they get and and they got God. I got him. <laughs> yeah. Jaden Daniels got him. Somehow, Ryan Kelly being successful at LSU is just going to take some time to process. Don't get no. me started. I hope it doesn't take time because I hope <laughs> it doesn't continue. <laughs> I saw in one of like a post game interview, <laughs> he had like his kind of Southern accent on, and I was like, "This oh, is God, weird. It's so awkward." <laughs> It's like he wasn't so sure awkward. which voice he was supposed to be doing in that moment. <laughs> That's so he's so fake. Like, oh my god, he just annoys <laughs> the shit out of me. Oh my god, that was a really fun game, though. Um, the LSU Alabama game. And oh, it was a fantastic game. Yeah, I think. Yeah, it, as much as everything you know, we've we've talked a bunch about Alabama, but I think that what puts their entire season um, into some kind of perspective is that two point conversion. They like had twelve players on the field. They were just a mess. Like that 
is not Alabama. Like when you saw that happen, it's like, oh, they're going to score on this because Alabama has no clue what they're doing. Like, and not calling timeout. Like that was um, right. weird choice. Yeah, I can't remember the last choice. time I saw Alabama make a mistake that was like, oh, that's just, you're just, you just don't look well coached right now. Yeah. Like that's just a very weird. Yeah. It's, it's such a, it's such an own goal. Right, like it's such a stepping yeah. on the rake of your own placing that as opposed it's... to the stable, well-oiled machine of Brian Kelly's Louisiana State Tigers. <laughs> Brian Brian <laughs> Kelly's LSU, the uh, LSU being the most consistently chaotic team in the conference. Always, like <laughs> sounds like our new sponsor. There you go, right. Brian Kelly. Cajun sensation, Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly's drive through hurricanes. <laughs> Brian Kelly's hot sauce. <laughs> God. Yeah. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. I think, yeah, my the way my throat has been, I think I yeah you know, I I felt like that Coach O sort of uh, <laughs> rasp. It's like it feels like it's just like there's ragweed that has taken up residence inside. <laughs> Of, of my uh, breathing cavities, um, <laughs> it's all really brilliant. Um, yeah, that and, and that. So, like the nasally northeastern mixed with that, I feel like I'm really I'm in Brian Kelly's wheelhouse right now. Except that my voice is cracking too much. If I really got into it, so I'm not gonna. But <laughs> it's there, <laughs> um, and and he has no idea what he's doing when a microphone goes in front of his face. Cause he's just not sure. Um, he's got to identify like where that microphone is from, <laughs> which voice he is it's, doing. It's so Elizabeth Holmes. And it just, yes. Racks me up. It totally <laughs> is. It's so, and it's just so weird as a result. Like, what are you doing? But it oh, gives man. us the, the gif forever of him on the turntable with I don't oh remember God. who the recruit oh was, but I saw that gif again this weekend. It's so good. I don't think that guy even wound up going to LSU. No, he didn't. <laughs> I didn't realize that. That makes it even better. This is wonderful. So uh, after all that, you can't even feel the deal. Oh my gosh. There was there was one other coaching mishap uh, this weekend that I that I wanted to get to. Uh, before we move on to our vibes for this week, um, unless there's anything that you guys want to add to this, um, Cadillac Williams, I'm, I'm going to chalk this up to rookie mistake, but still, you're the head coach of Auburn. Um, Mississippi State's going for a long field goal. You don't have a guy back? Field goal lands in the end zone? You wind up losing in overtime? Right. Of of all the teams to oh not have God. that covered. <laughs> of all the teams. Man. My goodness. Unbelievable. That and and also um the other the at the other end of the spectrum of just like staring at the TV in delighted disbelief. Um I saw what the score was of Notre Dame Clemson. Decided I wasn't really that interested in watching much of it, but you know, I'll turn it on and see what's happening you know, during commercial or something else. And I see, oh, Clemson's going down the field now. Mm, turn this off. I went back to, I think I went back to the Auburn game. Um, and you know, pops up on the bottom line score alert. I'm like, oh, okay, Clemson went in. Notre Dame 21, Clemson zero. Uh, Notre Dame 28. What? I was just like, this is insane. Beautiful. Turn it back, saw the replay of the interception. Then Clemson did wind up scoring, which is too bad. I know. I wanted a shutout. Yeah. I was getting greedy, though. That would be great. That would have been fun. Yeah. I was not at the game, but my parents both rushed the field. So um, I got to live vicariously through them. I already had my field rush against Clemson. So, but uh, (laughs) God, that was, I could not believe my eyes watching that game. That was like, it just like felt like a dream. Like literally like, okay, you gotta wake up. Like it was we've never in my lifetime done that to another team. That was ridiculous. 
I already had my field rush against Clemson. Yeah. What a life. What a life. You're right. <sighs> yeah, you have to see it. So we, we are already into week 11 here. You know, this is not football podcast 10, blah, math. Right now we're, we're recording on Tuesday night and looking at the election returns uh, on my phone, I see that there's Maction afoot. Um, <laughs> I'm not looking at the other stuff. I, I There's nothing that's going to be gained and, and like, you know, by the time you hear this, there will still be elections that haven't been called because that's just how it works. And like, what what am I going to gain if like when I turn off this podcast, uh, I go to to look at the stupid New York Times needle? Nothing, just a lot of stress. So I'm not going to do it. Um, I will instead start worrying about our uh, the the future of our democracy in. Um, different ways, such as legalized sports gambling, uh, <laughs> which has been uh, deleterious to us over the last several weeks. Uh, we are, and we actually, we, we, um, I don't know what we're at. We're at $55 and 89 cents. We were two and two last week. Um, this week there, I, I think that a good way for us to go here would be, there are some big numbers on the board. And, and let's deal with those big numbers. Uh, we can start here. Friday night, Colorado is a 34-point underdog to USC. <laughs> no. They're, after Cal was a one-touchdown yeah. loss, Colorado's covering that. Yeah. So this is this is fun because uh, there's, there's a few of these this week, and we'll get to figure out um, – where they stand. For instance, uh, Missouri is going to Neyland Stadium, where they are a 21-point underdog to Tennessee. I like them to cover. I hate to say it. Tennessee's mm. not feeling so good right now. They just got their asses whooped, and now I mean, Missouri's been trouble for a lot of teams, including Georgia. They've been trouble for a lot of teams this year. Yep. Feels like a trap game. Yeah. Vols licking their wounds a little bit. Kalen, you got any feelings here? I feel like, sorry, I couldn't find the mute button. I feel like any any time I've been like, I think there's an upset coming, uh, it doesn't happen. <laughs> so that has been the case. The yes, past couple of <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, that historically that has been how it's gone. <laughs> I feel like we should learn from me, and I'll go against everybody. <laughs> Everything. I I have no feeling on this. I I can see Tennessee bouncing back and just blowing Mizzou out of the water. The way that that Mizzou game ended, um, they they um, who were they playing? They were playing somebody on Saturday. That was ridiculous. There was the roughing the punter. Missouri roughed the punter. They were about to win. They were oh. about to get the ball back. Oh, Kentucky. Right. Yeah. Oh, it's the Kentucky game. Yeah, that that was also yeah, that was part of our uh you know what? Let's stay away from Missouri. We lost on them last week. We Did we lose on them last week? Yeah, because Missouri didn't didn't cover. We we had what Missouri was the spread? it was Missouri plus two. They lost by four. It was two. Damn. So let's stay away from that. And let's also stay away from Kentucky. Uh, an 18-point favorite against Vandy. Although, he should beat Vandy by 18 points. Vandy's down. You think so, right? I'm going to tap Kentucky on What the hell? Uh, <laughs> our next big number. <clears throat> the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame are 17-point favorites against Navy. Notre Dame now ranked. I have no idea where this game actually is. I don't think it's actually at Annapolis. They don't really play. No, it's in Baltimore, there. I think. Okay. I have no idea what to make of that. I feel like I should. I have to rec- recuse myself from this. I don't like to bet on <laughs> We can skip that one, too. Because <laughs> there's way more big numbers still on the board. Another double-digit spread is Rutgers getting 10 points at Michigan State. These teams are both 4-5. Mm. 
Rutgers on the road to bowl eligibility. They need to win two of their last three. Who's who's on the schedule left for Rutgers? That one I didn't type up because I did not expect to be talking about it. <laughs> Rutgers football schedule. All right. Well, they have Penn State next weekend. Uh, that's at home, but it's also Penn State. Um, and then they wrap up against Maryland. So they need to basically win this game and, and go on the road and beat Maryland to be bowl eligible. Right. That's tricky. Michigan State has this game at home. Um, this game at home, and then Indiana at home, and then at Penn State. So they also uh, need this one. Presuming that both of these teams will lose to Penn State, they uh, they do need this game equal in equal measure. And yet a 10-point spread for the rather atrocious uh, Spartans of hmm. Michigan State. They beat Illinois this weekend, not too atrocious. That is true. Is there a hangover from beating the West? Oh, my God. Illinois fighting Illini. Moving on. (laughs) Elsewhere in the Big Ten, I believe that this is the biggest spread of the week. If, If it isn't, I've been deceived. Um, Indiana <clears throat> plus 40 at Ohio State. Oh, God. Oh. That's a six touchdown spread. I mean, I want to believe lot. they can cover that. I don't know if they can. I don't know if they can, but my God, I want to believe that they can. <laughs> That's embarrassing. I mean, Jesus. Yeah. I don't think I feel confident enough in it to want to put money on it, but like for their own sake, my God. I I, I gotta take the Hoosiers with the 40 points, right? If you're being offered 40 points, it's a, like if it's it's a lot windy, of points. It's a lot, a lot of, of points. Like yeah. what if it's just windy? Right. Ohio State I just mean, scored 21 points at Northwestern. Yeah, that was tough. Yeah, yeah. That was on national television. So was Florida State. It sure was. Yeah. Elsewhere in the gigantic spreads, we have the continuing to shave points Boston College Screaming (laughs) Eagles getting 18 at NC State. NC State's been hard to read without Devin Leary. They're they're a talented football team, and Boston College is straight up mailing it in. Ash, they're in the garbage. Yeah, yeah, that is true. It's not good. Is NC State still ranked? Yeah, they are. Hmm. They beat uh, Wake Forest this weekend by like one point. Oh, okay. Man, (laughs) I haven't checked their rankings in so long. Yeah. All right. How do we feel? BC, NC State, or pass? NC State. All right. I, like I hear NC State. Yeah. Uh, we bet yeah. on the uh, one point App State Marshall spread. We sure can. Amazing. I, I like App State there, personally. Yeah, me too. Yeah, same. Uh, both teams bowl eligible with a win there. Um, also, uh, Nebraska is uh, getting 29 and a half at Michigan. Ooh. Mm. What? Has Nebraska been up to since Scott Frost was fired? I stopped watching them. Uh, <laughs> so did the state good, of Nebraska. But probably not as bad as they would have been doing with Scott Frost. Right, yeah. <laughs> they are doing that thing where they'll, almost, they'll be like neck and neck and then they can't Okay, yeah, they beat IU, beat Rutgers. Yeah, not quite as quite as embarrassing of losses for them. Oh yeah, it's yeah. Mm. But you know, nevertheless, three. Yeah, we're going with Indiana and the forty points. We want to take Nebraska and the twenty nine and a half. Pair it up that way. Is that where the vibes are, or do we like Michigan? I don't know. I don't know. 
I have a problem with picking Michigan to cover a spread that big because it feels like extravagant and against their persona. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I feel like Jim Harbaugh would like to win this game 28-0. One good, honest rushing touchdown per quarter. All right. Nebraska it is. And and we'll have uh, – we, we got one more. Uh, let's find a night game here. Um, another big number. Looking for big numbers. Uh, oh, here's one. <laughs> Give, give you a choice. Uh, Brad, I feel like we'll, we'll play into, lean into your expertise here. We oh, have God. multiple, tr- there are three Pac-12 night games. Oh, God. With double-digit spreads. So much plus, after dark. Plus a Mountain West game with a three-touchdown spread. Here, Ooh, here are our options. Right. <clears throat> Cal plus 14 at Oregon State. Oh. Hmm. Stanford plus 24 at Utah. Arizona plus 19 and a half at the Rose Bowl. Or Boise State, a 21 point favorite at Nevada. Uh, Boise State, absolutely. Staying the hell away from the Pac 12 to yeah. go to the future of the Pac 12. <laughs> right. See, here's the thing. Instinctively, I want to say there's no way Cal covers that. But the last time I said that, they screwed me. So I'm I'm gun shy now. That's Fair. what it's about. It's been a it's been a hard few weeks. It's been it's been a learning curve, and we will continue to learn. <laughs> and this week, uh, we will probably learn that uh, I I don't know what the hell we'll learn. Hard lesson, an easy lesson, no lesson at all. I've talked entirely too much. Again, why don't I? I all right, well, this is distracted by a Matchbox car as we wrap up the show. This Matchbox car is older than I am. It says okay. copyright 1978, made in England. England. And yet I cannot entirely read uh, what kind of car. It's a Ford Cortina. Not a car I am familiar with, but I guess I've had this Matchbox car for a long time. It's a very good color. None of that. I'm so bad at wrapping up the show. Everybody, <laughs> you can turn it off, but you might miss the important things that we have to stick here again. What important things do we have to stick here again? Yeah, I got nothing. Anybody? No. So, okay. <laughs> That's done. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>